0: Hey girl, welcome to Christian Girls Pop. My name is Stephanie Bright and I'm the founder of this girls group as well as your host for the podcast. Around here we are all about purpose, obedience, and prayer. That's what makes us pop. You're guaranteed to laugh, cry, learn, grow, and most importantly become more like Jesus. We're going to rock this thing out and we're going to have fun doing it. You ready? Let's go. Hey girl, welcome back to another episode of Christian Girls Pop. We are in week 10 of our Bible reading plan and this week we are talking about the Lord being our patient provider. And we're gonna see the ways that he's shown his patience throughout generations and also how he has provided for people time and time again over the years and then how we can relate that to our own lives today. I'm very excited to get into this week's teaching, but before we do that, let's go over some announcements. First big one, y'all, we launched on YouTube. Super excited about that. You can check us out. You can just search Christian Girls Pop on YouTube and make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. There's three videos out right now, so make sure you check that out. Make sure you subscribe and I'm excited about that. Second announcement, there are still a couple spots left for our Law retreat, so make sure you grab your tickets. There's less than 10 tickets left for this retreat, so make sure you sign up. You can find that link in the podcast notes below, as well as on our website, and you can also sign up for our newsletter and our christian ghost pop bible crew which basically means that along with the bible plan that we're doing this entire year you also get access to my notes you get access to seminary level resources and you get to be included in a community of women who are wanting to deeper their walk with god and really get in the word and get to know it for themselves so make sure you check all those things out all those links are in the podcast notes and those are all of our announcements before we get into this bible reading plan let's pray Jesus, thank you so much for another opportunity to teach your word. I pray that we have ears to receive, that we have hearts that are ready to listen, to understand, to apply, and to be ready to make a change. Help of this word not just be something that we read, but that we decide to act upon and display to others that we are following you as we get to know more about you and your word. So I pray that you bless this time, remove any distractions so that we can focus on what you have for us, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. So week 10, we are in week 10. Y'all, we're in the double digits. That's crazy. We've already been studying the Bible for nine weeks straight. I'm proud of you if you're sticking with it. If you are making sure that you're spending that time with the Lord, I'm proud of you. It will make such a difference in your life. If you've fallen off, but you want to catch back up, girl, do it. You don't have to just try to keep sticking with the exact day. Pick up where you left off. The main goal, remember what I said, the main goal that I've, I've shared, several times throughout these episodes is for you to get to know God and to get to know his word. And so that is what my heart's desire is for you to make the time with the Lord, make the time in your word a priority so that you can grow your relationship with God. So we're in week 10 for Sunday, March 6th. The reading is Numbers chapter 7 and Psalm chapter 99. In Numbers chapter 7, we read of the different offerings that were presented for the dedication of the temple. And then in Psalm chapter 99, we read of a psalm of praise and exalting God, praising God for who he is and what he has done. And for a couple things to take note of, in Numbers chapter 7, you'll see that they brought, each person that was bringing sacrifices brought them on different days. And that was simply because they had to bring so much that it was not going to be enough for them to all bring it in the same day, like there literally wasn't going to be enough room because of just how much they were bringing. So that's just a little fun fact. They all had to come at different times. So that is day 65, which is Sunday. Moving on to day 66, which is Monday, March 7th. The reading is Numbers chapter 8, 9, and 10, and 2nd Timothy chapter 1. So a little bit of intro on 2nd Timothy. It says 2nd Timothy, but this is actually still written by Paul. So Paul wrote this to Timothy. And so as Paul is writing this to Timothy, this is the second letter, second epistle that he has written. He's actually writing this from prison. So Paul was in prison for the work that he was doing for Christ. Now, remember, Paul had this huge transformation experience. He used to be Saul. He was going around killing all the Christians. He had this radical transformation. And now he's living for Christ. And he's putting that same passion, that same effort that he was towards killing the Christians. Now he is all about Jesus. He's all about winning souls for the kingdom. And the people didn't like that. He got arrested. He continued to still write in the New Testament that we read of the different books. Several of those were written from his jail cell. And so it's that alone is inspirational because it's showing that he didn't just quit. He didn't just give up just because he was in prison. He still was finding a way to share the gospel. He still was encouraging leaders to go and spread the good news while they were still free. Like he's, you can hear his heart. You can hear the overwhelming love that he has for jesus even while he is chained so that's a whole another thing that we can get into but that's a little bit of introduction on 2 Timothy. Obviously, it's 2 Timothy because there is a number one. It's a 1 Timothy as well, which you can see if you swipe back a couple pages. And so, this is the second time that he is writing to Timothy. And it's a lot of him encouraging Timothy. They were really close, they were working together well. He was encouraging, he was showing him the ropes, basically. And so, with these letters, he's continuing to give him encouragement on what to do as a leader, how to operate in ministry how to live for Jesus, all these great things. And obviously, this was inspired by the Holy Spirit so that we can apply these things to our lives as well. So going back to Numbers, Numbers chapter 8, we read of the seven lamps. We read about the purification and consecration of the Levites as they had specific duties that they were going to be assigned to. And they had special purification and consecration laws that they had to abide by. And in chapter 9, we read of different Passover laws that they had to keep and then we also read about the cloud and the fire and so we've read about this in exodus as well because this has been going on the entire time the israelites have been on this journey so what was happening with this cloud and this pillar of fire this was god's presence and he would put it over a certain tabernacle he would put it over the tabernacle and they knew that this was where they were supposed to camp for a while because remember they're on this long journey and they're literally just going with God like they don't have a full map of where to go they're literally just trusting him to show them where they need to go next and so wherever the cloud was by day they knew that's where they needed to go and they didn't move until it was time they didn't move until they saw that cloud move same thing goes with the fire fire was by night and so The fire would, once again, rest upon a certain place. That's where they knew they were supposed to camp. When the fire moves, they move. And I love that so much. And that's so applicable for us today. Remember, we're reading the scripture and we're not just reading just to check off a list. We're reading to see how we can apply this to our own lives. And we definitely can apply it because this is the same attitude we should have toward God, toward God's presence. We shouldn't do anything outside of God. We should not be moving ahead of God. What if they were to just get up and move before the cloud or before the pillar of fire? They would be lost. They would not be in the protection because that was also like a that like where God's presence was that was like protection as well and that was in the daytime that was shade because the cloud was providing shade for them at night that fire was keeping them warm so it was even more than God's presence it also was keeping them it was protecting them and so if they were to go and move ahead of those things or not wait or not move when the cloud moved or not move when the pillar of fire moved, they were actually putting themselves in more of a dangerous situation. And y'all, I have said this several times. I don't know how many times I've said it on the podcast, but I definitely have said it just in my life as I'm talking to other people, ministering to other people. I always tell them there's nothing more dangerous or more expensive than being outside of the will of God. Like period, that's it. There's nothing more dangerous because if you know where you're supposed to be and you're not, when you're being like Jonah, when you know you're supposed to go one place and you're going to the other, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost the people around you so much. It's going to cost you money, time, energy, joy, peace, all the things that you would have had, had you abided with the Lord, had you been obedient and gone where he told you to go. That is all the things that you're lacking when you're not in God's will. And so, these are things that we can apply to our own life today. This isn't just something to say, oh yeah, it's just the Old Testament, whatever. I'm just reading it to say I read through the Bible. These are things that we can glean from the scripture that we can apply to our lives. We may not have a physical cloud. We may not have a physical fire that's over us every single day, but we have God's presence dwelling within us. And if he says, go to the right, we should be going to the right. If he says, go pray for that person, we go pray for that person. If, if he says, don't say anything when they're mean to you, then don't say anything when they're mean to you. Whatever that means, Means for his direction, abide by and obey him. And we will see so much blessing in our lives if we really take that to heart. So that's something that we can really see here in, in chapter 9. And then in chapter 10, we read of a couple things. We read of the silver trumpets that were to blow to call certain people to go to certain places. And then we also read of the Israelites leaving Sinai. Like it's time to pack up their bags. They've been hanging out there for a hot minute, so they're about to continue on their journey. And um, with those trumpets that I mentioned, they would blow the trumpets to call people to go a certain place. They also would blow those trumpets when they were in war or for celebrations. So it was like this multi-purpose trumpet. (laughs) It did a lot of things. So that's what we can see there. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 1, we read of Paul encouraging Timothy to use your gift. And he's also encouraging us as well. Use your gift. Don't walk in fear be bold and know that you will suffer, but that's okay. That was kind of like the main things that we can see in chapter one. Use your gift. Don't walk in fear. Be bold and you will suffer, but God will get you through. And on this Bible reading plan, we've read other books that Paul has written. And so we've kind of grasped his style. Paul always points back to the gospel. He is always pointing back to Jesus, which is so important, obviously, duh. <laughs> but it's really important for us to see Jesus in all of these scriptures as we're putting the full puzzle together so that was day 66 moving on to day 67 which is Tuesday March 8th the reading is Numbers chapter 11 and 12 and 2nd Timothy chapter 2 in Numbers chapter 11 we read of God's fire being sent down this time it's because he's angry it's not the same pillar of fire that was keeping them and protecting them These people were tripping and God got angry. So that's what we read in in Numbers chapter 11. They were being ungrateful. God was literally providing manna for them, which was literally bread from heaven. Like what? You know, it's like that's we're going to get into that. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. But God is angry because the people were ungrateful with what they had. And he he actually gives them what they're praying for. But like in the most like here, this is what you think you want here there you go like that's the way he gave it to him he was he was a little petty I'm here for it though Um, because the people were being ungrateful. And then lastly, in Numbers chapter 11, we read of God resting his spirit on the elders. And so let's talk about this ungratefulness that the Israelites had. So basically, God had been providing manna, literally providing everything that they needed. They were not going without. They were not hungry. But they still had this like slavery mindset. They were free. They were seeing God do miracles. And they would praise him for like 2.5 seconds and then go back to complaining and being like man we had a better off in egypt we had a better off in slavery and god's literally like no you didn't like you definitely didn't but okay if that's what you're saying so then they're like man we gotta eat manna every day we want some meat why can't we get meat Because like so manna was basically like bread like a bread substance a wheat grain substance in my head i imagine cornbread but <laughs> you know, to each his own. You can imagine pancakes. I kind of imagine like this mixture of like a pancake cornbread thing. Cause it says that it was kind of fluffy, but it's like a grain and this like this hot cake thing with oil. I'm like, so y'all was eating like hot, hot water cornbread. Like that's what, I, <laughs> that's what I imagine in my head. And I know that's not true, but anyways, um, yeah. So they were basically tired of God's provision, which is like the most obnoxious thing you could ever say, but they were, and so they were praying for me. And so God was like, bet. And so he get, He sent quail and he provided quail for them. And of course they're all excited, like, oh, cool. But he gave them like an excessive amount. Like he like loaded them up with quail. He's like, y'all want quail? Here, you get quail. And he like dumped it all on them. And all the people that were eating it, they got a plague sent to them. So it didn't work out too well for them. So uh, moral of that story, be careful what you pray for and be thankful for what you got, okay? <laughs> And Moses was just getting frustrated dealing with all this, like he's dealing with all their ungratefulness and he's just like, y'all, I'm over it. So many times in scripture, we see how Moses was just so fed up with these people. And mind you, it's so many people. So like y'all know when a big group of people get together, it's just going to be some drama somewhere, somehow, because that's just the nature of the sinful world that we live in. People are going to be people. And Moses is like, yo, like y'all are too much. Like sometimes it really is just so much for him. And so he's like, he keeps it real with God. He's like, yo, why do you got me with these people? Can you send me back? You can keep them there. I'll go back. Like, just, I don't want to be around them anymore. And I'm like, Moses, I get it. I'm not even mad. I get it. And so one last thing that happens in Numbers chapter 11, God rests his spirit on the elders and they even begin to prophesy. And so that was just a cool moment of showing that like when God's spirit is on you, like things will change, things will happen. And we also read of how they were, there was like basically some haters, like, what are y'all doing? Like, y'all can't be doing that. And there always will be. So, you know, that's another lesson too. There are always going to be some haters <laughs> and it's okay. Um, in Numbers chapter 12, Miriam gets punished. Um, because she was complaining about Moses and she gets struck with leprosy and yo God is does not play about his leaders and so that's something for us to check our hearts on whether we are um, if, if we have an issue with our pastor with leaders in our church and you may have a valid issue and that's not saying that you can't have issues with your pastor but I think that we need to definitely address how we've about our issues towards leadership how we address them are we just going around venting to everyone are we going around gossiping or are we actually trying to pray about this trying to bring it before the lord trying to navigate it the correct way because god he's serious the scripture says touch not my anointed like he's like hey these are my people that I, i have assigned for a certain time and you're not gonna you're not gonna mess that up and we actually will read about that some more this week as we um go through the day so We'll come back to that soon. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, we read of um, Paul writing about the fact that we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. And there's that call to live a godly example, to live holy, to live set apart. He's like, look, look, you can't be doing everything like the rest of the world. You're going to have to live set apart. You got to stand out. You got to be going against the crowd because we're living for God. Like, that's how it works. And Paul's pretty straightforward. So he's like, this is what you got to do. Okay, y'all got it? (laughs) <laughs> so that is day 67 day 68 which is wednesday march 9th the reading is numbers chapter 13 and 14 and second timothy chapter 3 in numbers chapter 13 um it's time to send spies to canaan so canaan is the promised land that god spoke to moses way back in exodus and so the spies are getting sent out it's 12 total it's one man from each tribe so one man from each tribe 12 12- Spies go and they're supposed to scout out the land, see what it's like, how the people, how's the vibe. Kind of like if you're gonna to move to a new state or a new house, you kind of scout the neighborhood, kind of look around, see what's up. You know, is there gunfire at night? Like, can I leave my house at night? You know, all the questions. You know, stuff like that. So, <laughs> are there bars on the windows? You know, like, you know, just little stuff little stuff like that. And I know in Texas, we had a huge hurricane a couple years ago, Hurricane Harvey. And so um, I know now if people are moving to a new house, that's one of the things that they ask is, is this house going to flood if there's another big storm? So that's just a way of scouting that land. That's what they were going to do. They had specific instructions on what they were supposed to be looking for while they were there. And we're going to get into that. So as they're going and as they're spying, Caleb and Joshua have faith. They're like, yo, this is going to be great. We can do this. The rest of them are like, nope, these people are too big. They're going to overpower us. They're like, the land is great. I'm excited about the land. But there's too many people. It's too big. They got too many high walls. This isn't going to work. And Joshua and Caleb are like, no, 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 no. We can go. We can overtake them. It's going to be fine. And they're like, no, we definitely don't agree. And they're like, it's 10 to 2. What you going to do? Like, that's basically how they felt about it. So moving on to chapter 14. Basically, they come back, give a report, and God is angry because these people don't believe that he can do it. Remember, Joshua and Caleb were like, God's going to help us. God will bring us through. This is going to be great. The rest of them did not have that faith in God. They did not believe that God would be able to bring them to this land and to help them overcome their enemies. And God was angry. So Moses was praying because he realized God was about to, his wrath was about to come out. And so They didn't receive the full punishment that they would have had Moses not prayed, but God did punish them and God and that generation did not get to see the promised land. And so this is something that we can really look at. So they spent 40 days in Canaan as they were like spying the land and, and, you know, being spies about the land. And then because of that, that is why that is why they were sentenced to 40 years in the wilderness. God said for one year, for one year, for every day that you were in that land, basically to remind them, like, this is why, um, basically to remind them, like, you had the opportunity to believe in me all that time that you were there. I know what you saw. I am God. I could have helped you out. But because of that, you won't see the promised land. And so in those 40 years, a lot of them died. A lot of them got struck down. A lot of them got plagued. God was true to his word. He was like, y'all not coming. You're not coming into the promised land simply because of their faith. Now, Caleb and Joshua did get to see the promised land because of their faith. And that's a whole thing that we can really see here in the Old Testament. Remember, we're always trying to see how we can apply this to our lives. If we look at it from a whole big bird's eye view, your faith will bring you to places that you never expected. Your faith will give you that favor with God to where even if those around you don't believe you, don't understand don't believe in God, don't understand what's going on. You can have that faith. You can trust God and you can see him bring you to places that you never expected because you have the faith that they did it. So make sure you keep that faith. Even if you're only two, it's only you that believes and everyone else around you doesn't. Keep that faith. Know that God honors and sees that faith and he will bless that for sure. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul refers to some of the end times and then he gives us a call to live a godly life. Um, a lot of his things that he's writing in his letters are like very practical things to live out and like really encouraging the, the leader, the minister, the believer. We have to, we're encouraged, man, we got to live this godly life. There are people that need to see that in us. And that is some of the things that he discusses in this chapter. And while he's talking about these end times, if you look at it, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's some that's some of the stuff we're in right now. Now I'm not about to do any type of prediction, and, the, and if if anybody is doing prediction, please don't listen to them. Like no one knows. The Bible says the scripture literally says no man knows the hour. No one knows when it's gonna happen. No one knows. Now can we see things that align with scripture? Yes. Do we see certain prophecies being fulfilled that are giving us, I guess, hints or clues that we are approaching the end times? Yes, but the end times are so subjective because actually in the Bible times, they thought the end times was coming soon for them. They thought judgment day was coming soon for them. And that was over 2000 years ago. We're still here. Things have been progressing over the years. Things have been happening, but we don't know. And th- this doesn't mean that we slack off in any way. If anything, that means that we go harder for God because we don't know when that moment will be. We don't know if it's two seconds from now or if it's two decades, two centuries from now. Either way, we have to just be ready. And so that's just like a little side note because people have hit me up a lot. Like, do you think this is the end times? I And I said I think that we should be ready for any time. That's what I think. If it's tomorrow, I need to be ready. If it's not even in my lifetime, I still need to make sure I'm ready. So that is just side note. We're going to keep it pushing. Let's go to Thursday, day 69, which is March 10th. The reading is Numbers 15 and 16 and 2 Timothy chapter 4. In Numbers chapter 15, we read of some laws um, regarding offerings. And then we actually read of someone who broke one of those laws, which was the Sabbath. And they stoned the man. So yikes. Like I said, I said this last week, I thank God that we don't have some of the laws that we do now. I for sure like would have been stoned because I would have been forgetting what half the time. I don't even know what day it is. Like I would have just been a mess. I would have been all over the place. So yeah, um, I would have been like, oh, I'm not supposed to cook. Today's Sunday, y'all. I didn't even know, you know, like, <laughs> or like today's the Sabbath. I didn't even know. Like I would have been all over the place. So praise the Lord for what Jesus has done. So that's Numbers chapter 15. And once again, in um, Numbers chapter 15, verse 41, God takes time to remind them of who he is and what he did. And he has done that time and time and time again. And I think it's just interesting because like I said last week, it's not that he's manipulating them. It's not that he's holding it over their head in any way. He's simply just reminding them of what he has done and who he is. And we need that reminder from time to time. When we're just so caught up in the moment, we need to be reminded of, what has already transpired in our lives so that's number chapter 15 number chapter 16 we read of Korah and some men rising against Moses so basically Korah is this dude and he got a bunch of other dudes together and he was like hey how y'all feel about Moses being a leader y'all don't like him either let's call him out and like sadly this is a part of ministry people just can't accept that God has appointed certain people to be leaders preachers prophets teachers and Sometimes people feel some type of way about it. And this this chapter is like really action packed. Like so much goes on. I feel like reading this chapter is like a Marvel movie or like, you know, like a super action packed film. There's a lot that happens in this chapter. So basically Korra and his crew, I'm gonna call in the crew, Korra and the crew, they get up and like I said, they basically try to be like, hey, what if y'all were not the leaders? And he's referring to Moses and Aaron. He's like, what if y'all just weren't the leaders? Like, why it gotta be y'all? Why can't it be us? because God told them that's who it was. But anyways, so mind you, these are Levites. And so God had already appointed these Levites to do certain duties within the temple. So they already had these special privileges, but clearly they were not satisfied with what they had to do. They always, they, you know, there's some people who just like want to be at the top and will claw anyone else down that is at the top instead of them. That's kind of where they were at. And so even though they had the opportunity to serve in the temple, which the other tribes did not, they still were not feeling it so basically they try to do this like bet thing like okay so let's 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 set up this thing to show like how God is going to choose the next person and so basically they try to come up with this bet and basically it's like whoever wins this is who the next leader is going to be God tells Aaron and Moses like hey get out of here I'm about to blow them up I'm about to destroy them God was not he was over this he was angry he was not about this at all because like I just said a couple chapters ago God does not play about his leaders he has assigned people for a certain reason and he's not gonna take someone else trying to take that leader down he's not gonna he's not gonna let that slide So Moses and Aaron get away from these people and he, they go and tell other people like, hey, get away from their tents, get away from their stuff. It's all about to get destroyed. And so sure enough, not only do they get destroyed, but Moses said, he said, if these people just randomly die, then that means that the Lord has not sent me to be the leader. But if they die in a super crazy way, like the earth just swallows them up. Then I'm the leader. Like Moses was like, let's get crazy. Let's 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 take it up a notch. He's like, not only are you gonna die, but you're just gonna get swallowed up in the earth. Like, this is literally like some matrix type stuff. Like, I'm telling you, this chapter is so crazy. So sure enough, the earth swallowed them straight up, all their how all their stuff, and everybody was like, Okay, clearly you're the leader that's meant to be. Alrighty then. Even then, like the people were just still tripping, and God was about to show His wrath, and Moses prayed and stopped some of it. Some people still got affected by the plagues that God sent out, but Moses stopped some of them from getting fully destroyed. But most like we just really see that God is serious, and this doesn't mean that He doesn't like people. He doesn't, but He's serious about His word. He's serious about how we approach him, how we approach his leaders, how we approach the people in charge, how we live a life of holiness. He he is very serious about these things. And I feel like so many times, especially, especially in the Western culture, we're all about God is love and God is, and God is, God is love. God is patient. God is kind. God is merciful. God is also just. God is also righteous. God is also holy. And Because of these things, he has to act a certain way for certain things because he needs to show that we're not just working we're not just serving we're not just living for some random human being like we're really living for this holy supernatural being and we can't take that lightly and so we see that in the scriptures so that was numbers chapter 15 and 16 and then in second timothy chapter 4 we read of some leadership and ministry advice and then um paul gives a blessing and just uh fun fact because we see it a couple times in second timothy anytime that it's written that day on that day that is referring to Judgment Day. It's not just saying on that day, like the next day to come. That day means that specific day. And we normally will see that either um, both the word that and day are capitalized or specifically the word day is capitalized. And that's showing that it's not just any day, it's the day, which is referring to Judgment Day. So FYI, that's just a little tidbit there. That is day 69. Moving on to day 70, which is Friday, March 11th. The reading is Numbers chapter 17 and 18 and John chapter 1. We are starting another book. Like, y'all, we are getting through these books, and I'm very proud of you. We have gone through several books already, and it's pretty cool to see as we're, as we're going through the scriptures of just what we're learning and how we're able to apply it, how we get to learn how we're able to learn more about God and his word. super. I just, I love that. It's super exciting. So um, the reading for day 70 is Numbers chapter 17 and 18 and John chapter 1. In Numbers chapter 17, we read of God giving it his way of showing who he's designated to be the leader. Remember, Korah and, and the crew tried to have their own little way. Basically, they were trying to kick Moses out, Moses and Aaron out. But God said, all right, y'all so worried about who you want a leader to be. I'll show you. And so he basically comes up with a system of how he's going to do it. And it's by choosing um, staffs, which are like, um, think of like a really tall cane. If you ever went to Sunday school, you probably saw Moses with his staff. It's like a really large cane, um, or like a really long stick. And so, um, long story short, that's how God designates his leaders. And um, Aaron's staff is the one that wins this competition. I guess you could say to once again show the people this is who I have appointed. Remember, Aaron and his sons are in the priesthood, and so God was just reaffirming. Them that Aaron is the one in charge and they need to abide by him. So that was chapter 17. And in John chapter 18, um, we read of Aaron and his sons, which are part of the priesthood. We read of their duties and the Levite duties and how they get a portion of the offerings that are brought into the temple. And in John chapter one, y'all, I'm so excited. I love John so much. So a little bit of intro about this book. So John is the fourth book of the New Testament. It's the fourth gospel. You'll see at the beginning of the chapter, it's called the gospel of John. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four books that are called the gospels. And they're called the Gospels because they tell the story of good news, which is how the Gospels translated. They're telling the story of Jesus, what happened while he was here on earth, what he came to fulfill, what happened after he ascended to heaven. We can read all of those things in these first four books. And I always recommend John as a book for new believers as they're trying to figure out where to start. I think this is a great place to start John, it's a very easy book to understand. It's very straightforward. What you see is what you read, what you get. It's not something super, super deep. Now, obviously, the Bible is super deep in general. And so you will always have ways of going deeper in the scripture and seeing how this correlates with this and this correlates with that. But what I mean by it's easy is it's um it kind of gives more of like just reading um, reading a book that you would find kind of just on the shelf, in the sense not not losing its holiness at all, but in the sense that you can follow along very well. It's very action packed. There's a lot of things that you can learn about Jesus and what he did through the scriptures. And um, I think John is a great foundational book. It really lays the foundation of who Jesus is, what he came to do while he was here on earth, what it fulfilled, and what it means for us now. And so I think it's an awesome place to start. Love the book of John, so I'm excited for us to be going through this book. So in John chapter 1, John talks about how the Word Became Flesh, which is all about Jesus. is talking about the eternal Jesus. We'll talk about that in a second. And it also talks about Jesus walking to earth and beginning to call disciples. Now, one thing I will say about the Gospels. Remember, we've already gone through Matthew. And so what's going to happen is you're going to read some of the same stories that you read in Matthew. The Gospels all are sharing the, a very similar story, just several different accounts. And so the best way to describe it is if you were to watch a car accident happen, but then three other people watch it as well, everyone is going to pick up one thing that the other person didn't, whether it's just what color shirt somebody was wearing, what color shoes, how many times a car flipped, whatever. You're going to hear slightly different details. You're going to hear slightly different details from each person. That doesn't mean that this that the accident didn't happen. It didn't mean that the people are liars. It just means that four people will have four different perspectives. And all four of these are Holy Spirit inspired. The Holy Spirit may have inspired one person to see one thing and, and write down this thing and the other person something else. And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to hear very similar stories, some gospels don't share certain miracles and others do um that once again it just depends on what perspective we're reading it from um but all four talk about the uh, crucifixion and resurrection so that's definitely there um and so now, you know, we're talking about Jesus calling disciples. And so remember, we're not reading these books in order. So we just came off of reading 2 Timothy. This was after John was written. So this was way after Jesus has ascended to heaven. He has his disciples out here on earth, you know, spreading the word of God. So we're kind of backtracking a little bit again. So in the first 17 verses of First John chapter 1, he's talking about Jesus and um, he along with the other gospels, like I said, center everything around Jesus and it's very focused there. And so that's why it's such a great book to read. If you're a new believer or struggling with reading the word of God, not knowing where to start and maybe not ready for a reading plan, I definitely recommend this book for sure. And one cool thing about John is that he talks about his eternal existence. So many times I think if it's never been explained, you may assume that Jesus only came into play in the New Testament, but that is not true. One, if we believe, and we, most of us do, that Jesus, um, that God is a triune God, which means He is a Trinity God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That means if we believe that this Trinitarian God has been there since the beginning of time, then that means that Jesus also had to be there as well. And so, um, what happened in the New Testament is that Jesus became flesh which is what we read here in John the word became flesh Jesus became flesh he became incarnate for us so that we could have you know the crucifixion resurrection all of that and so that's something very key here that we see as he is that he talks about this eternal Jesus which is really cool so that is friday and last but not least day 71 which is saturday march 12th the reading is numbers chapter 19 and 20, Psalm chapter 90, and John chapter 2. In Numbers chapter 19, there's some laws regarding purifying the unclean. And then in Numbers chapter 20, Moses gets himself into some mess. So Moses sins. Uh, We'll talk about that, but he sins by striking a rock. And then also in chapter 20, the land of Edom does not want Israel to pass through this land and Aaron dies in this chapter as well and so let's talk about Moses sinning so basically they're at this place where there's no water and so obviously the people are like Moses we need water God was like okay I got instructions for you I want you to look at this rock and believe that it will give you water instead of Moses looking at the rock he decides to hit it twice And sure, the water came out, the people got what they needed, but God was upset with Moses because of his actions. His actions were showing that he didn't trust God enough to be able to just simply provide water through the rock without him having to do anything. And in a sense, it was almost like Moses was trying to play God for a second or felt like he had to play a part in it when he really didn't. He only had to believe and he didn't do that. And so Moses sinned and y'all Moses did not get to see the promised land because of this God said okay like nope you can't make it to the promised land because of this and that that has to that has to hurt man like even me reading it like I'm so attached to Moses I love Moses so when I read that part I'm like man Moses you messed up like which that's just so sad he didn't get to see the promised land um but hey let's talk about this so we can learn from this right obedience is necessary and not just obedience, proper obedience, doing things exactly how God has instructed. We've said this for the last couple weeks. God is specific in the way that he's instructing us in the way that he's commanding us to do certain things. He doesn't want us to just try to figure it out our own way. He already gives us everything that we need. All we have to do is simply obey just as he has said. And when we don't, we will see consequences. When we do, we will see those benefits we will see those miracles we will see the blessings of God but we have to make the decision of how we will live are we going to live and have this reverence for the Lord where we will properly obey or are we going to try to just do things our own way the choice is up to us and y'all because of what Moses did Aaron didn't get to see Canaan either Aaron died and he didn't even get to see the promised land God was like nope you, you can't make it either because of Moses like Moses really messed up man mm-mm-mm Skipping over to Psalm chapter 90, the prayer, this psalm is actually Moses' prayer. And so that's definitely some congruency that we can see there. And the prayers that we see in this verse of, in this passage, in this psalm, we read of God being eternal and God being sovereign. So that is some of the things that Moses prays. And then if you skip on over some more to John chapter 2, we read of the first miracle happening of Jesus turning water into wine. And a couple other things that happened in that scripture, Um, they celebrate the Passover. Jesus goes and flips some tables in the temple. He was upset. And so now make sure that you understand this in the proper context. This was like a righteous anger because of what was going on in the temple. They basically had made it like a business profit center versus a place of worship. And Jesus was not having that. And so that was why he drove them out of the temple. It means he kicked them out and flipped the tables because he was righteously angry, angry about the situation. And so Jesus is starting to perform miracles. And people are starting to believe him more. Um, but even the scripture says that like he was not really waiting on their approval. Because he already knew who he was. He knew he was God before he got here. So... Um, that's just kind of given a context of like where we are now. Jesus is beginning to become more famous. More people are starting to hear about him. More people are starting to be drawn towards him and his ministry. And we got to stay tuned for what happens next. So that is it for this week's Bible reading plan. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you have not already, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Christian Ghost Pop. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to that as well. You can search Christian Ghost Pop. And... And our website is ChristianGoalsPop.com. If you would like to donate to this ministry, you can donate on Venmo at Christian Goals Pop, on Cash App at dollar sign Christian Goals Pop, and on PayPal using the email address cgpopdonate at gmail.com. Any donations are appreciated and we have recently received some and we're so grateful for them. So we thank you so much. And thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. As always, remember, Jesus already loves you so much. Don't you ever forget that.